On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, from baseball to boxing, Candy Wyatt joins us to talk about her journey from the diamond to the ring. Welcome to episode 125 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. As March winds to a close, we thought we'd take another opportunity to recognize International Women's Day by welcoming another former member of Baseball Alberta's women's team to the podcast. And her story is certainly a fascinating one. Candy Wyatt played a lot of baseball growing up in Rocky Mountain House. Mainly a catcher, Wyatt made her way up to the provincial team, winning gold at nationals in 2006 and 2014. She was also a part of the Girls' Day in Baseball of put on by Baseball Alberta last summer that featured several big names from this province, including Kelsey Laller, Terrace Lukonich, and last week's podcast guest, Paige Wakefield. We reached out to Wyatt earlier this month to chat about her journey in baseball, moving on to boxing, cycling, and her attempt to crush a five-pound poutine. Candy, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. No problem, Joe. Thanks for having me. Take us back to when you were a kid, and were you always into baseball right off the bat, or were you more of a multi-sport athlete? Um, uh, when I started my my young baseball career, it was always interested in baseball. I did like the typical, you start off with t-ball and then parent pitch. And when I got to the mosquito age, my parents, we, I was living in Rocky Mountain House at the time, and my parents asked me, they said, do you want to play baseball? do you want to play hardball or would you like to play fastball? And I said hardball. And so at 10 years old, I started playing hardball. I was actually on an all girls mosquito team in Rocky mountain house coached by Barb Northcott. We were the Rocky mountain road runners. And then after that, I was playing with the, with the boys teams in Rocky mountain house for baseball. Was there a reason that you jumped into the hardball versus the fast pitch? I honestly, I don't really remember. I just, I just remember being, 10 years old and like always playing catch with my dad with with the baseball instead of a fastball so when I didn't even really I knew the difference between the two but when my parents were like which one do you want to play I was just like baseball and so maybe it's just because I was more familiar with the actual ball so give us a little bit of the snapshot here when it comes to your journey in baseball and how did it proceed to the point where you were representing our province yeah like my my sporting life started very young. Like I said, I was five years old the first time my parents registered me in baseball. Um, and I just, every year after that, they kept asking me, do you want to keep playing? Do you want to keep playing? And I just, I kept saying yes. So they keep putting me in it. And then I was around eight years old when I discovered boxing. And that was the flip. That was me going to my parents being like, I want to try this. I want to try this. And then year after year, I was telling them, Yes, I want to I want to box again this year. I want to box again this year. Yeah, so I was always just kind of I was always exposed to sport and activity and that's yeah, I think just being exposed to it at a young age helped ingrain that in my in my life now. From a baseball perspective, how key was it to have somebody like a Barb Northcott? I mean, the Northcott family being involved in baseball probably made that life a little bit easier. It did, especially once we um when I was playing for Barb I was still new to the town we were we were imports right Mm -hmm. my family we moved to Rocky from Saskatchewan so 
at, I guess at the time I didn't even really know who the Northcots were. And then as I got older and started playing with, I played with their son, Chad, and I played with their daughter, Heidi. Um, and I think Harold even coached me one year too. So just the more, the longer I played, the more I started to actually learn about the family and who they were. So of course I was just like, this is so cool that we have this kind of a pedigree in a small town like Rocky Mountain House. So I just tried to, everything Barb and Harold said to me and even say to me now, I just try to soak it all in. Was there ever a moment, I suppose, through the process where you went from this is fun to, hey, I could do something with this. I could make something of baseball, whether it's representing the province or trying out and, and making Team Canada or beyond? Uh, definitely at the provincial level. Um, probably when I was... I think I first tried out for the Team Alberta team when I was 11 for the, it would have been the peewee team, I guess. And I got cut. That was the first year and first time I'd actually ever been cut from a team. And that kind of just kind of sparked that. I was like, okay, I got cut this year. What do I need to do to make it next year? And so it's definitely for the provincial team, it was probably around 11 and 12 when I was like, okay, like I can hang in there with, with these other young girls and then eventually women to, to play on the provincial team. As far as Team Canada, it was actually... Playing on Team Canada was never really a goal for me. Mainly because when I was getting to that age where I really needed to make a decision, I had already chosen boxing. I, was, I, didn't, I wasn't going to be able to uh, be on Team Canada for boxing and Team Canada for baseball. So probably age 16, 17, I had started to commit more to boxing. When you think back on the days in baseball, what was your favorite part of, of playing the game? Oh, Lord. I miss playing baseball every day. There's so much, so much to, go, to talk about. But I think really one of my favorites, favorite things about it was playing with Team Alberta with like this really core group of girls for multiple years. And it would, we'd have practice at the Spruce Grove baseball fields every year and so I think one of my favorite things was just going to those practices knowing that everybody else on that field had the same goal and drive as I did we were all there to accomplish the same goal we all wanted to go to nationals and win gold so I think that was one of my favorite things was just having this to have this goal that was shared by 15 other young girls and women and obviously you got a chance to do that winning gold in 2006 2014 obviously comes to mind as well what did it yeah. mean to you to be able to be a part of those teams and to be able to contribute to those teams and and just talk about some of the memories of of those kinds of tournaments where you guys had so much success yeah i mean in 2006 when we won obviously we were pumped because that was that was the first time alberta had ever won a national championship at a national tournament like male in the male or female divisions mm -hmm. so at 15 years old we were like sweet we were the first ones to do this this is awesome and then in 2014 we were i kind of felt like we were a powerhouse at that tournament actually i'm trying to i'm trying to think back it was a really long time ago but in the like in 2014 i was a link in a really strong chain that was a strong team that year and yeah so, and then to be a part of that, to be a part of that team as well and win another gold medal, as well as there was members of that 2014 team that hadn't won a gold medal yet. So it was really nice 
to be a part of a team where it's like, yeah, now, now so many women from Alberta can say that they've won a gold medal at nationals. So that was really cool. Did you notice a difference in the caliber of teams or caliber of girls that were coming through the system between 2006 and 2014? You know, now I'm trying to think. 2007, it was eh, pretty, no, it was still pretty strong. And then there was a bit of a time there where I didn't play for Team Alberta because I was focusing on boxing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I can't even remember what years those were. I think it was 20. 2012 and 2013 I didn't play for Team Alberta but I definitely noticed a jump from when we went from playing like Bantam or Midget to playing senior women's Mm -hmm. nationals I definitely noticed a jump there I was like all right like these girls these girls know what they're doing and like and again because they're senior I'm like some of these women have been like this is their sixth or seventh national tournament and here I am just this like 18 year old girl I'm like yeah this is my first time (laughs) So yeah, you definitely notice the jump when you when you move up in age. What did it mean to you? And I'll use the hockey analogy here, but you get the the maple leaf on the front of the sweater. In this case, you have the A on the ball cap, the Alberta across the chest. What did it mean to you to represent this province in so many different ways and and to be able to do as well as the team did in 06 and 14? What does it mean? What does it mean to have the A across your chest? It's it's very like um it's like proud is the first word that comes to my mind it's it might not seem like it's a really big deal to some people but one thing that i've noticed like just as as my life has gone on in baseball and in boxing is you don't actually realize how many people are watching you and how many people you're having an impact on until it takes that one little girl to come up to you and be like i want to be a like i you're you're the catcher for team Alberta. Like I want to be a catcher too. So you don't like having the A, I was always really proud to do that. And then I was, I was always really aware of being like, okay, people are actually watching me. So I want to make sure that I'm, I'm being a, a good role model for everybody that is watching me. Wanted to ask about the multi-sport aspect for a second, and, and that's been one of the, the challenges, I think, as we get into more specialization. You mm. were trying to balance two. What was the key to being able to do that for as long as you did? Um, good time management, really. <laughs> good time management. And then I also had, like, on both sides, on, on my all my boxing coaches and everybody on my team on the in the boxing world and then everybody in the baseball world, they were, everybody was just really supportive in what I was trying to do. And I was trying to balance both. So if I had to miss a couple baseball practices because I was prepping for uh, a boxing match, my boxing coaches were always like, yeah, like, don't worry about that. It's all good. We'll see you. We'll see you on the weekend for the game. So I think just having that really strong support system from both sides really was a major player in how I was able to balance both. I know that Girls Day in Baseball is a pretty important part of who you are and making sure that you're giving back to to that community. Why is it that you want to be able to give back that way? Mainly just because you can't be what you can't see. When I was a little girl, I had never even heard of Girls Day in Baseball. I'd never even seen another young girl play baseball until until I'd even heard of Team Alberta type thing. So the, the you can't be what you can't see is a really big reason why I like to contribute to those baseball, those girls, baseball days in Canada. Um, Even as a player, 
like I said, I was a link in a really strong chain, but there are so many other women in Alberta and Canada that are just like that next level, even above me. But if it, if I just keep going to those, those girls days in baseball and trying to participate and even there's just one little girl that sees me and it's just like, yeah, I want to be a catcher for team Alberta. That's, it's just really cool. And you, like I said before, you don't really realize how many, how many young kids are actually watching you until, until one of them comes up to you and you're like, Oh, like I'm actually making a difference here. That's really cool. So I'd like to continue, continue that feeling. What advice would you have for those little girls or the parents of those little girls who are even contemplating the notion of playing baseball? What would you say to them? If it's something that you truly want, go for it. Because the people in your life that that matter to you won't mind about your decisions. But the people that question you and maybe think you should try something different, like they... They obviously don't support you that much. So I would, my advice would be, if you want it, go for it. And the people that support you will stick around and the people that don't, won't. And that's not a big deal. And I'm sure that's the same kind of thing that you would say to those who are thinking about boxing as an opportunity. Absolutely. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, do it. And the people that don't support you, they will fall to the wayside. And then you, and you won't even realize that they're gone. Mm-hmm. To be honest, you surround and then and then you then you surround yourself with people that support support what you're doing. They support your effort. They support your dream. And those are the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with in life. What kinds of lessons did you learn on the baseball field that you take into your day to day now, whether it's boxing or anywhere else in life? Um, losing doesn't mean you failed. That was a big one. And and the one of the first ones that's coming to my mind is in 2007. I know it's a really long time ago, but we were the defending champions and we we were awarded silver that that tournament. And I just I was devastated. And uh, like my uh, the whole team, we were devastated that we that we got silver and not gold. And I Chris James was our coach, and one of the things he said to us, he's like, girls, there's nothing wrong with a silver medal. And it took me, it takes a while for it to really sink in, but then after a while, I've really learned in life that it's like, okay, losing doesn't mean failure, and failure doesn't mean you're finished. Like, you you learn more from failure than you do from winning. You said something in there where it was, we were awarded silver. It wasn't, you lost gold. And it seems as though whether it's hockey, football, anything, that's that's the trouble with team sports is you almost lose sight of the fact that, hey, out of a tournament of 8 or 15 or whatever, you were the second best team. Yeah, yeah. Just when you're when you're in the moment, it's really hard to think like that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially as like when you're a competitive athlete. But yeah, it is exactly like there is nothing wrong with a silver medal. Walk us through that transition into full-time boxing. Was that a difficult decision to make or was that something that you were you're pretty confident in from the get-go? It was it was pretty difficult. Um I was also I was also like in the middle of a move as well. I'd moved from Edmonton down to Calgary. And so I was I was down in Calgary already and I'd moved down to Calgary to really focus on my professional boxing career and 
baseball season was coming up and I was him and Han and I was like, Hey, well, can I do it? I know it's a traveling team. That's fine. I've been part of traveling teams my entire life. And then, uh, I, one day I just, I just had to bite the bullet and I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I cannot commit this year. I just, I really need to focus on my boxing career. And I had to tell that to one of my longest friends and teammates, Tara Slikonich, because I think she was going to be the manager of the team that year. So it was, that was a rough phone call. It was either Tara Slikonich or Chris James that I had to have that phone call with. And it was it's still like, I still think about it and I've missed baseball every day since. You mentioned Chris James, you mentioned Barb Northcott. Any other names that really stand out to you as those who were really inspirational, influential for you as you made your way through the baseball system? You know, it's that's a tough one because Chris James was my coach for so long. Um, I had Sheen Bromley as a coach for a bit. He was, he's awesome too. He he definitely fit in, in his own way and I took bits of advice away from him as well and then teammates wise it's Terrace Laconich. like I said she's my one of my oldest friends and longest running teammates we've been through a lot together through our careers so she's she's one she's one of the ones that I've always admired and looked up to talk a little bit about um your life as a boxer and and give us a bit of a snapshot as to um the love of the game that you have for that one Okay, well, I'm getting up at 5 a.m. to go for runs. <laughs> Not too many people will do that just by choice. Um, for, I mean, from a very young age, I decided that this is what I wanted to do, and I wanted to be a world champion, world champion boxer. So I have always, like, I work in the hospitality industry solely because they are the most, they've seemed to be the most flexible around my my training schedule and my traveling schedule when I was still an amateur. So yeah, I've just like kind of designed my whole life around being able to train to the best of my abilities to be a world championship boxer. What was it about boxing that lured you in? I honest, honestly, like I was at gymnastics practice at the time and just like, I really wanted to learn how to do a backflip at gymnastics, but I didn't know how to do anything else. Like, I just wanted to learn how to do a backflip, and I just kept looking over at the boxing club, and I just thought it looked cool. Like, maybe it was just the sounds of the the fighters punching the bag or the pads or, like, watching the sparring, but I just, I was like, that looks like it's kind of fun, and I just, like, went over to the coach, asked it, asked if I could try it out, and then here we are 21 years later. Crazy. How cool mm-hmm. has it been to be able to... Do something that you enjoy. I love the notion that uh, if you love what you do, you never really have to work a day in your life. Yeah, it definitely, I, I get that a little bit more as a sense. It's like, well, my, like when you're training, training is, is work, mm-hmm. but it's, you get a different, it's like a different sense of accomplishment when you, you go through your hour or hour and a half of training where you're just grinding and suffering. But then at the end of it, you're like, okay, like I know, I know that I'm doing this to improve and those improvements are going to show when I get to actually perform them, whether it's in a game, a match, a boxing, like a fight. Yeah. So it's, it's work while you're doing it. And then when you're done, you're like, okay, that was awesome. (laughs) Speaking of awesome, I was reading somewhere that, uh, these aren't the only two things that you quite enjoy. I hear cycling is something that you've taken up and wouldn't mind doing some world traveling just to do that. 
Yeah, since I moved down to Calgary, I've gotten into cycling for sure. It's just like I'm not nothing intense. I just have like a little commuter commuter bike and touring bike. And then I've gone on a couple overnight um, gravel grinds with my boyfriend since I've been down here. And it's been really fun. And I actually I read a book about a couple that had biked around the world for a year. And even just reading all those stories, I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. Why not? Very cool. And uh, the other random fact that I was reading about, tell us a story about the five-pound poutine. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay, <laughs> so it was back in 2019. I had just gotten my first, uh, I got my first opportunity to fight for a world title. So I was prepping for Greece to go fight for the WBO vacant title. And the bar that is down the street from the coffee shop that I work at, serves a five pound poutine and i was saying to the girls that i work with i was like when i get back from greece i'm gonna try to eat that whole poutine to myself and all like not one of them objected to it they're like sweet when like <laughs> let us know like we're all gonna be there and so i got back from greece probably a week later i was like all right girls let's go to leopold's and let's see if i can crush that five pound poutine and i did not i got about four <laughs> pounds of it there was there was not very much left but it was a lot of poutine. <laughs> Did you think at all that maybe you should make that a pay-per-view event? I didn't. No, I should have, though. <laughs> oh, people probably would have paid to see it. It would have been great. I, I just think about five pounds, and I'm like, man, if I could get through two or three, that would be more than enough. And I'm not a skinny fella by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> so if you've made it through four pounds, kudos to you. Yeah, it was it was a lot. And like that last little bit, I was just kind of staring at it, and I'm like, can I do it? should I do it? And then I was like, I shouldn't do it. So I had to tap out. Exactly. It's, it's been fun getting to chat with you about this all candy. Wanted to ask you one final question. And it's a question that we ask every guest. What does the game of baseball mean to you? First word coming to mind is fun. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> I feel like it's romantic. It's hard not to be romantic about baseball. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, baseball, what baseball means to me is that it was some of the funnest times of my life. So I just, I associate it with fun, happiness, joy. Yeah. So yeah, that's what baseball means to me. Fantastic stuff. Well, Candy, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the stories as well. Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again for having me. Thanks again to Candy Wyatt for joining us this week. And as always, thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe on your podcast app of choice as you don't want to miss a moment of the action. We can tell you next week's guest is already booked and he is the talk of the college baseball scene south of the border as he hails from BC and played his high school baseball here in Alberta. Who is it? You'll have to tune in to find out. Until then, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.